Father, we thank you so much, God, for your word. Thank you so much for this moment that we have together. God, we ask that you would uh, speak to every one of our hearts. God, let, let this message uh, reflect your heart for us. God, I pray that it would lead us to change uh, in a good way. And Father, we just uh, give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. We give you all the praise in Christ's name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Here is what I know about you today. Whether you are young, whether you are old, whether you are round, whether you are tall, it does not make a difference. Let me tell you, there's two things I know about you today, and that's this. There is an internal part of you, and there's an external part to you. I know this is crazy, very deep today. You're like, yeah, that's true, right? There's an internal part of you, and there's an external part to you. And I don't know about you guys, but I am, I just seem to be very naturally good at focusing on the external as opposed to the internal. I just, I naturally do. Like when I woke up today, I woke up about 6.15, I was not thinking about how my internal is doing. I just wasn't thinking about my heart and I, you know what I was thinking about? Brushing my teeth, Right? Like I was thinking about the external, you know, I got to get these pearlies really white today, you know, and then, and then like this, this outfit, I actually like, I picked this out today. <laughs> this is my best attempt. I'm trying here. Okay. Like I even thought through, like, was that pretty good? I thought it was, I forgot my belt today. All right. So, but, uh, but I, you know, I thought that was pretty good. Like I thought through that. Right. So like this week, um, our AC went out. I cared about that, all right? Like, like I got the shot back at 10.30 at night. I'm trying to clean out the thing. Junk's flying everywhere, right? We're getting it fixed out. Like, I cared about that. Like, my four-year-old son, he got sick this week. Like, I care about those external things. Like, my wife, we actually went out on a boat yesterday, and so we went tubing, and my wife totally outdid me. And so, but at some point, she was, yeah, it happens all the time. And so it's a story of my life. Like if I wrote a book, that might be it. Like my wife is better. Um, and so that's why she's not allowed to preach on Sundays because then you'll be like, he stinks. You know, like just, um, okay. So, so anyway, she's, she's like egging on the, the boat guy, which is actually, he's sitting over here. He's riding. The, so then at some point, my wife and her friend, Liana, they hit the wake. I mean, went 10 feet in the air. She's flipping all over the place. I cared about her at that moment. Like I wasn't thinking about like, I wasn't thinking about like my internal life at that moment. Like I was thinking about external, right? Like I, I care about like where I go eat today, I have an opinion. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I have a real opinion about it. Like where we live, like our house and our car. And like I, I care that it's clean. And I have two children that are designed to make it dirty. Like it's amazing, right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Am I crazy? All right, good. I'll see you guys later. This has been, like I, I, I think we all can agree that it's just easier and we're more, we're just kind of, we're experts at this, I think, at just focusing on the external, right? Lucky for us though, Jesus actually, I think, addresses this exact issue. And let me tell you, it's an issue. It's an issue in you, it's an issue with me, it's an issue with society, that we are very externally focused and Jesus really does care about our souls. Now, I want you to turn your Bibles to Mark chapter eight, verse 34. Mark eight, if you don't have it, I'm gonna throw it up on the screen. And let me show you, Jesus is going to address this exact issue. And I'm telling you, I don't care if you're a high schooler, I don't care if you're 85, I don't care what your age is, this will speak to you today. 
So let me set this up. I believe that Jesus is the son of God. We believe that as a church. He really, 2,000 years ago, he lived. He was born of a virgin. He came to save us from our sin. And so he was on this earth, and there were four guys specifically that wrote about his life. And so we're looking at the gospel of Mark, which is simply Mark's depiction of what Jesus did. And so we're in Mark chapter 8, and he's recording that Jesus is healing people, feeding people. It's awesome. Like, his ministry's starting to grow. It's amazing, right? And so the disciples are kind of getting excited about what's happening, right? People are starting, the crowd's starting to come in. And so, but then Jesus drops this bomb on them. And then there's this specific question in here that we have to wrestle with that I think will really speak to us today. So let's throw that up on the screen. Then he, that's Jesus, called the crowd to him along with his disciples, and he said this. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Hold on, what? We were feeding people, miracles were happening. Like, uh, Jesus, what are you talking about? Death. What are you talking about? This, this denying of self. And the Bible says, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Okay, what? Whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel, gospel simply means good news, will actually save it. Okay, what? Then he goes on, look at this next, then he asks this question. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet end up losing their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Jesus values your, your soul, right? And so let me, let me define world and soul here. And for the sake of this passage, stay with me. I'm going to give the most basic definition I can. The world is everything that's external. Like society, the, the possessions of life, the things that are around us. The world is everything external. And I want to define soul, as if you're taking any notes, as everything that's internal. I get this from the 103rd Psalm, where the psalmist says, oh, my soul. And he actually says, all that is within me. Just every part of my inside, God, I give to you, is what the psalmist would say. So with these thoughts, this external and internal, let's reread this passage one more time. Y'all with me? Cool. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, everything external, yet forfeit their internal? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their internal? In other words, Jesus is saying your internal is way more valuable than anything on the external. There's nothing you can even give on the external that would actually amount up to the value of your internal. And today we're looking at the character named Kevin. And Kevin has literally gained the world. And if you watch the show, he is losing his soul. And I saw this clip I'm about to show you. And the moment I saw it, I, this verse just leaped out in me. And I'm telling you, God's got a word for you. Let's check out this video. <sighs> Alright, Harrison lines up under center, two rushing touchdowns already tonight, what can this kid not do? Can't go four hours without a Viking, and that's what he can't do, but everybody loves him anyway. Wow, 
Blue 42. Set hut hut! Well, his height. Grissom drops back. He looks left. He pump fakes. He rolls to his right. He tucks the ball. He's in traffic. Shucks the defender. He looks downfield. He's got a man open. Wide open. He sees his entire future. Notre Dame. Heisman Trophy. First round draft pick. Rookie of the year. Super Bowl MVP. He sees his dad in the stands. As he holds a Super Bowl trophy, his dad's proud of him. Like tears down his eyes. Proud of him. He says, that's my son. That's my son. Pearson's about ready to release. He cocks back. Boom! He's down, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, Pearson's down, and he's not getting up. His knee is wrecked. He's not coming back from this one, folks. It is over for Kevin Pearson. Okay, go call your father. Yeah. Find a phone, page him. Okay. Go, go, go. Okay, Kate, yeah. go. Will he get up? He will. Ladies and gentlemen, he will. He'll get up. Kevin Pearson will walk again just in time to bury his beloved father. That'll keep him down for good this time, right? Nope. Nope, he's, he's up again. He's up again, and he's, he's marrying a terrific girl. He's off to Hollywood, and it's a, it's a happy ending for Kevin Pearson. Oh, whoa, wait, nope, hold on now. He cheats on the girl. Yes, that's right, he loses her. Bam, he's down again. And he tries so hard to be strong, and he needs painkillers to get through it. And even when he tries to tell people how pathetic he is, it, they just, they don't hear it. They just cheer. Kevin gained the world. And everyone else on the outside thought he was great, but his soul was dying inside of him. Which leads me to this question, is this. How's your soul? I know I can see the outside of you, but how is the inside of you? All that is within you, how is it doing? When was the last time we even asked that question? I played golf yesterday with a couple dudes. We just, I didn't ask them how their soul was doing. Like, that's not what dudes are going to probably talk about. It just doesn't come up naturally, right? How is your soul? And, and, and which leads me to this next thought is this. We think the world will fulfill. We think the external will fulfill. But in reality, the world will disappoint. Listen to me. Every single time. We see this in Kevin, we see this in our world, and the truth is, you know it, we see this in us, don't we? And we think this, this is what we think, if I can only get blank, then I'll be good. We're running after the external. Man, if I can only get that car payment paid off, then I'll be good. If I could only fit into that dress, then I'll be good. If I could only get his job, then I'll be good. Hey, if I made that kind of money, oh, things would be a lot different for me. If I could only get that level on social media, if that person would only start liking me, if I could only date her at prom, come on. If I could only see Avengers on the first night, I would be okay. That's what you stand up for? Come on, bro, sit back down. <laughs> 
if I could only get, you know, married, then every, if I could only get a child, then, and then you, you know, it flips. Then if if I can only get unmarried, (laughs) then if I could get these kids out of the stinking house, that would be, right? But you know what I'm talking about though, right? And we think we really, we, and I know this, and listen, I'm there. Like I, my head knows that the world won't fulfill, but my flesh is still longs for that stuff. I just like, this is still, this isn't just a message for unbelievers. This is a message for all of us. Cause I don't know about you. We can just get wrapped up in the external. We're just good at it. We're excellent. We're, we're perfect at it. It seems like, right? But the truth is it will not fulfill. And I'm here. I got really good news for you, but guess what? Jesus values your internal. Let me say it like this. There is more to you than the things you have. There is more to you than your external. You know, we're so quick, quick, especially dudes, right? The moment I see a dude, our first conversation isn't like, how are you doing on the inside? How is your emotions? It's like, hey, what, where do you work? And then based off the job, I decide how, what, what I think of him. That's not how Jesus operates. You are not defined by your job or your lack of or more of or whatever. Jesus cares and he values your inside. I just specifically, there are moms in this room. You, are, you have given up so much for your kids. And I just wanted to remind you that you have an inside. There is an internal part and God cares about it. He cares about you. The way you love your kids, it ain't nothing compared to the way God loves you. He cares about it, so he values our soul, which leads us to this question, I would think, is this, this right here. It uh, would be this, how would we value our souls the way that Jesus values our soul? Can we say it a little bit differently? I don't know if I said that great. The screen always says it better than I do. Let's see if we have it there. There we go. What if we value our souls the way Jesus values our souls? Like, what would that, what would that look like? And I don't know about you, but I have a couple thoughts on what it would be, and, and uh, I, I think we, we probably, you probably will have some different thoughts on how you would answer this question. If we valued our souls the way that Jesus values our souls, what would that look like? But I have the mic today, so I'm going to give you my three, and then you can uh, critique them, and then you'll get your three. All right, cool? But here's the first thing I, I would think. I would think this. We would pay more attention to what we allow into our internal lives. I, I just I think if we valued our life the way that Jesus values our souls, I think we would actually care about what we allow in, right? Like, like let me give you an example. So I have two kids, right? When I'm driving by myself, it's one thing. When my children are in the back, I'm a little bit more safe, right? Because of what? Because I value the cargo that's on, and I got a life insurance policy. My wife will be just fine right? But I don't want to lose my kids, right? So I value that, right? And so same thing, if we value our soul, I think we would probably care about it a little bit more. First John actually addresses this, and I want to show you. In fact, he actually addresses this idea of everything in the world. And uh, listen, I want to teach you something today. The three things I'm about to show you are the three main temptations that all sin comes from. And let me tell you right now, today, every person in this room, you are being tempted in three different areas, and I want to show you this. And then I want to show you, not only did, did John talk about it, but then I want, to sh- I want to show you in Genesis how Adam and Eve were tempted by it. And I, I don't have time, but Jesus actually was tempted by these same three things again. All right? We need to get this. We need to be wise about how the enemy is trying to, to attack our souls. Right? So here we go. Here's what John says. 
for everything in the world. And he says this, the lust of the flesh. Now, let me just define the word lust. Lust, we probably know what it means. It simply means an affection for someone else, right? So let me be clear. It's interesting. He didn't just say the flesh. He said the lust of the flesh. Because your flesh in itself is not bad. God created it. And what he creates is good. It's when you allow the temptations of your flesh to get you off of what it should be, which is Christ. The issue isn't your flesh. It's the lust of the flesh. It's getting off of what it should be, which is extremely important. So let's just talk about this for a second. Your flesh is tempting you right now. So how does that practically work? Really, it has a lot to do with, I think, overindulging on, th- on good things that God has given us. So uh, sexual cravings outside of marriage. God's given us sex, and inside of his will, it's awesome. Outside of its will, it's messy. So we overindulge. We go beyond where we should. We take it where it shouldn't be. Overeating, we don't talk about that very often. Just over anything that's good can become an idol, Right? And so you, you could fill in the blank, but there are fleshly things that we just kind of crave after, right? Let me give you the second one. It's the lust of the eyes. So flesh, eyes, pride. It's the lust of your eyes. And right now, it's easy. It's, it's just, we, we are so quick to just kind of look at everything. And man, I, 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 I want that car and I want that. And if I just had that, and if I could get here, and if I could be here, and it's all temptation to leave you discontent with who God has and what he's doing in your life, right? So listen, you need to watch what you watch. And don't think that you can just say, that you can just see whatever you want and think that there's, no, there's not implications to your internal. Like, let's not just think that we can just look at everything external we want to. So listen, you know, the question is like, whether we, do you watch rated R? Is it PG-13? Is it this? Listen, the, the line is always moving, by the way. Like, God didn't decide rated R and PG-13 and what was PG. Like, no, it, the question is, how is it affecting your soul? And also, let's not even just talk about what we see. It's also what we hear, because I think we can hear things that become visual, And so maybe you don't look at pornography on a website, but you listen to it on your headphones. And we wonder why our souls are so wrangled, because we're we're not maybe aware that our eyes are looking at things they never needed to look at. And so you never thought you would ever sleep with her that's not your wife, but it all started with a glance. It all started with a thing. It all started small, and then it all of a sudden grew. Okay, keep going. You can fill in your your own stuff there. Last one is pride of life. And right now, listen, you're being tempted with your flesh. I'm just telling you, everybody in the room, nobody's out of this, right? You're tempted with your eyes, and you are tempted with your pride. You want to be great. You want to be the man. You want to be the woman. You want to be the whatever, the hero, all that stuff. And listen, when you're, you know what pride is? It's too much attention on self. You know, you can be a pessimist and still be prideful. You can sit there in your own, and if it's all about you and what you don't have, it's still all about you, right? So would you be set free from that? Because we don't have to, as Christians, we don't have to live like that anymore. And so, man, you got to watch the pride because you know what happens is that pride will, you won't be able to give glory to God because you're trying to fill it in yourself. And then you won't be able to affirm other people. Because you're so wrangled up inside that the moment they get that car, the moment they got the job that you wanted, the moment that they got the whatever thing it is you're trying to get externally, you can't even say great job because your soul is so internal that you put on this smile. And can I tell you, you don't have to live that way. You can actually, in, you can actually literally inside of you be, be happy for people. 
Like you don't, you don't even have to fake it. Like Christ can do a work in, your, in the inside of you to the point that you actually can genuinely, I mean, really love people. It's, it is pretty awesome, <laughs> if I don't mind, mind saying. Hey, let me show you Genesis 3. I told you I would. So, so Satan tempts Adam and Eve. And look at this. In one verse, you're going to see these three things. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, was going to satisfy her flesh, okay? But not just that. It was pleasing to the eyes. Amazing. And it was desirable for gaining wisdom. She took some and she ate it. She gave in to all three temptations that the world is giving her. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. And to flip it, if I had time, Satan comes to Jesus and he overcomes all those temptations, by the way. And because he's overcome all of them, if he's living inside of us, even though we're weak, he's strong. And through the powerment of his spirit, we can't overcome. Amen. We give God a hand for that. All right, that's good. Okay, so if we value our souls the way that Jesus values them, first of all, I think we would just be, we would be more sensitive to what we're allowing in, right? Whether you're a Christ follower or not, I think we all could agree with that. Here's the second thing. This is just my opinion, and I got the mic, so you're going to listen. I guess you could walk out, but please don't do that. Um, we would be more aware of our soul's emptiness outside of Jesus. I want to show you a quote that really rocked my world a couple years ago. It's by Blaise Pascal. He said this, and he had this whole theory around this, and I think it's very good. All of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly alone in a room. Here's what he goes on to say. He said, man, I'm paraphrasing, but he says, man is so nervous to sit alone and quietly in a room because if he does it for long enough, he will actually realize how small he really is. And then he will actually realize how much he needs something and someone to fill the void that's deep in him. So what Blaise Pascal says is that all of humanity, all men, try to never be alone in silence. And so they fill their lives with the noise so that they never have to actually wrangle the wrestling in their own soul. And we see this in Kevin. Obviously, it's a fictional story, but this is right, isn't it? You know what I'm talking about. You, you did get that car. And then it, it faded away after a couple weeks, and you're sitting there alone in your bed. And this happens rarely because we have Netflix. We're so busy. I think it's an attack of the enemy, honestly. I think, I think the enemy just wants to create so much noise that you never have to even wrestle with your spiritual state. You'll just spin inoculated all the way till you, till you die. I mean, I really think it's an attack of the enemy on our first world, for sure. And so, but you know what I'm talking about. You get the car, you finally get into the house, whatever the thing is, you get the job, and at some point, when you slow down enough, you, you sit there, and you, you, and you realize you're still empty. You thought, right, we thought the world would fulfill, but in reality, it disappoints. And then, and then now we need the bigger thing, and we need the other thing, and then we need this, and it just, it's a, it's a never-ending circus, that can I tell you, Jesus came to save you from. He really did. He came to save us. Which leads me to point number three is this. I, I think we would be more aware of what we would allow in. I think if we really valued our soul, I think we would stop and listen. And I think when we listen, we would realize our emptiness outside of Jesus. And the third thing, I think because of that, I, I just my opinion, I think we would lay down anything for our souls to be saved. 
I, like, I think we would lay anything down to get that. Let me show you what Jesus says in this passage. He says, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. Think about that. God is calling you and I to lose our life for him. And let me tell you what. Let me just, salvation is free, but it costs you everything. And if we're gonna really be a follower of Jesus, then we need to really follow Jesus. And in this passage, he's challenging the disciples heavily here to take up their cross and to follow him. And can I be clear with you today? I'm so glad you're here, but can I tell you that Jesus is calling you to greater? He's calling you to more. And let me tell you, your soul will not find rest until it is with Christ. So you can go after the house, you can go after the car, you can go after whatever the thing is. I'm telling you, that's the point of this passage. It's not going to fulfill you. It will not fulfill you. And let me tell you, following Jesus will cost you everything. Like, it will. I mean, if you're going to follow Jesus, you may end up moving to a third world country. If you're going to follow Jesus, you may end up dying at a stake for the gospel. If you're going to live for Jesus, you know what? You might have to leverage your influence at your job, and it might cost you relationships. You might get uncomfortable and talk to people about Christ outside the church. If you follow Jesus, you're going to end up parenting your kids differently than you thought before you parent. Like, you're going to end up giving you're going to end up giving in ways you never thought you would give. I, oh, okay. Listen, if you follow Jesus, I know this is crazy, but you might actually get beyond you. You might. Like, can I tell you, it is so freeing. It is so freeing. My wife and I, we, we are almost at a place where we're going to start looking for a, a, a different home. We live about 35 minutes from here. And so ever since we moved to this location, it's just been a little bit of a distance for us and wasn't right timing. And so we're starting, you know, Zillow. Like I'm always kind of looking on Zillow. I don't know if anybody else does that. And I told my wife this week, I said, you know what? If we never get a different house, I'm fine. Like, and I know, listen, listen, now just hear me. I know that's what I'm supposed to say, okay? But I'm, I'm serious. Like, I am totally content with who Jesus is in me that the house is not gonna dictate my happiness or unhappiness. Let me tell you, it is so freeing. It is so freeing to get out of this first world consumerism trap of the enemy that I have to have, 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 have. And I think it's robbing the church too because I don't know about you, but Jesus has saved us. He's redeemed us. We don't need another thing. We don't need anything else. And so like this is just for me, but now that I understand that it would cost me my life It'll rearrange the way that I would raise my kids. It will cause me to give things. I may live in less of a home, less of a house, less of this. I may never have the accolades that the world thinks I need to have. Sign me up. Like, I'm serious. Sign this guy up. Where is the line? Because my soul is way more valuable than anything that this first world consumerism stuff can give me. I'm serious. Sign this guy up, man. I will lose my life for Jesus. 
And here's what's crazy. You will actually be fulfilled. You will. That's what, like, this passage doesn't make sense outside of a life-transforming work of Christ. But can I tell you, that's what Jesus does. He transforms you. It's not this self-help, blah, 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 whatever. Like, he is God, and he offers you salvation. And I'm telling you, if you take it, your life will be changed forever. So let me just rephrase here. Kevin lost he gained the world and was losing his soul. I don't know about you, but that ain't gonna be me. And I don't want that to be you. But you have a choice to make. You have a step to take towards Christ today. And just like Jesus was saying to those disciples, he's saying the same thing to you. If you wanna go on and saving your life and filling yourself, go for it, but you're gonna lose your soul. But if you're willing to lose your life for me, you're gonna find salvation. And listen, it's not just heaven, it's also heaven on earth. And you talk about joy. What would happen when your family members finally get around you (laughs) and you didn't get the job and you didn't get the car and you didn't get the whatever and there's just this overabundant joy inside of your life. They don't know what to do with that. Your coworkers don't know what to do with that. Your relatives and neighbors, they don't know what to do with that. I'm telling you, it is available to you today. Would you stand to your feet with me all across this place? Would you take a moment and bow your heads and close your eyes? I want to pray. And then actually, I just feel compelled. I know if you're new with us, this may be a stretch for you, and I get that. I'm really glad that you're here today. I actually feel compelled in just a moment. I just want to prepare you, but I'm going to ask you to come forward if you feel like you want to lose your life for Christ. And I'm not just talking to the unbeliever. I'm also talking to the believer. Like, you just want to have this renewed sense of, man, I'm giving it all for him. I just, I'm going to prepare you for that, but I want to pray for us. Can I do that? Can I pray for you? No one looking around. Let's not look at anything more external for the next five minutes. Everything internal right now. God's speaking to you. Jesus, thank you so much that you value our soul. And you are God. I pray that you would speak to every single heart, every soul in this room that is not surrendered to you. God, I pray that today would be their day where that void would finally be filled in you. I ask you, Spirit of God, to rest in this room and speak to every single heart. And Lord, as we respond to this message and we take a moment of reflection as you're speaking to us about what we've allowed into our what we've allowed our flesh to go after and what we've allowed into our eyes and the prideful things. Father, I just pray today that we would see how glorious and how great you are in comparison to all of those things. And I pray today that we would run and turn from those things and find true freedom in you. And thank you that because of your cross, we can only lay down our life and lose it for you because you laid down your life and you lost it for us. So Lord, as we respond, I pray that there would just be heaviness to fall off of people's lives right now. I pray the burdens of this world 
the burdens of the external things. God, I specifically lift up head of households in this room that are juggling finances in the future, in retirement, and what things are gonna look like. God, I lift up business owners in this room that are, are those that are, are overseeing leaders of, of people. God, I just I pray right now that the external uh, weight would be lifted right now in the name of Jesus. I pray there'd be a sense of freedom to fall in this place. In Jesus' name.